Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to the next episode of Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell, and um, here with my friend Tracy Reynolds. Uh, Tracy, as we were uh, just having the conversation from our from our last episode, I uh, was thinking about um, you know our relationship. Uh, Justin was talking about his book and and uh, just the importance of um, the sacred us. You know, it's a, it is us, not just me, uh, mm-hmm. not singular, but plural. And, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for uh, your friendship. Um, we work together. We've spent a lot of time together. And now we have the opportunity to uh, have conversations with other yeah. people together. Uh, That's right. And so thank you, Tracy, for um, helping well, I, us find the, the sacred us. Yeah, I, I love the title, The Sacred Us, because there's something, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that would be the first sacred us, uh, but the us of family of friends, of loving Jesus and loving each other. Uh, and that's just where Christianity comes alive. Yeah. So, Justin Kendrick, it was a joy to have you last time. It's great to have you back. We want to dive a little deeper into the book, The Sacred Us, A Call to Radical Christian Community. But welcome back, Justin Kendrick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, we left off kind of a, a low point talking about the problem of isolation and loneliness and how people are more connected than ever, but absolutely shallow. Uh, We talk about things that don't really matter uh, when all the while we've got in each of us these desperate needs and longings to be known and to know other people in a significant, meaningful way. So let's dive in, man, and uh, begin to tell us some of the principles uh, that you've unearthed and placed into your book. Absolutely. You know, when you think about community, a lot of times people say, well, it needs to be organic, right? Friendships need to just grow and and you can't force deep community. And I I couldn't agree more. That's absolutely true. But if you ever go to an organic farm, what you'll find is they're actually very organized, right? So (laughs) organic farms is not just, well, let's just let whatever happens happen and whatever grows, grow. No, no, we're planting seeds. We're doing it in lines. We're watering those seeds, right? It's organized. And so the point of that is that organic relationship is essential to our faith and to growing in Jesus, but it also should be intentional, that we should be intentional about how we grow in our relationship with others and with Jesus. And so uh, in this book, Really, what I'm just trying to do is flush out principles that are in the Bible that help us grow biblical relationships. And the first principle is so simple, and yet I think it's probably the most broken principle, and it's proximity. Proximity provides opportunity. That's the principle. In other words, you have to make space and time for meaningful relationship. And and again, that sounds so simple. I think most Christians would say amen, and yet probably the greatest disease of our time is busyness. Everybody's so busy doing a thousand things that we don't make time for this. And so when in your schedule this week, do you have time to simply be with other Christians, talk about Jesus, uh, engage the Bible? Of course, this can happen in a small group. It can happen on a Sunday morning at church. Those are two great tools 
unto proximity, but it should happen a whole lot more than that. It should be a daily dynamic where, you know, off mic, Tracy, you were just sharing a little bit about texting back and forth with, uh, with some other followers of Jesus. And that's part of the dynamic of life. Who am I engaging with on a very regular basis, daily, uh, you know, weekly that can stretch and grow and challenge my faith. And so the first challenge of the book, the first principle is simply how are you going to make time and make space for other Christians in your life? Because it creates opportunity. That's what it does. It provides opportunity for miracles to happen, for God to really work in our lives. And then from there, and each of the principles build on itself, from there, vulnerability creates connection. And so vulnerability speaks of this uh, beholding or unveiling the ugly parts, the difficult parts, the broken parts of my own life to another. And, you know, vulnerability is challenging in our time because we live in a time where everybody's editing their photos and putting a filter on their images. And I show you my highlight reel. And that's all I show you, this perfect vacation I had with my family, not the argument that I had with my wife. Right. And so and so we're always editing. But the problem is when you're living an edited version of yourself in front of others, uh, they never actually know you. And because they don't know you, uh, healing can't come, deep relationship can't come, and connection can't come. And this is why we can have a million friends on social media, but nobody to call in the midst of an emergency, because everybody who knows me knows an edited version of me. And so in that chapter, I just get into this idea of how do you actually become vulnerable? And the short answer is you do it through Jesus, that God himself on the cross became vulnerable for us. And that profound act of vulnerability empowers us to risk being hurt and knowing that we can be healed even if we are. And so and so uh, vulnerability always comes out of the gospel, but it's something that has to be intentionally practiced. And uh, I'll go a little quicker, but the third principle really uh, builds on top of those two. So we start with just getting in the same room. And then we learn to be honest with each other. And then from there, it's this idea of discipleship. And discipleship sets direction. That's the third principle. And what that really means is that Christian relationships have to be different than just friendships. They're not just buddies that I go fishing with or go on vacation with or whatever it might be. That's fine. That can be a part of the relationship. But there's a direction that we're all headed. And that direction is to be conformed to the image of God's Son, that I'm actually being shaped into God's image. And so discipleship aiming my life at becoming more like Jesus sets a direction for our friendship, which means that I'm going to confront you about things in your life that aren't aimed at Jesus, and you're going to confront me. And so we have to learn, and in that chapter, I give some real practical tips. We have to learn how to do confrontation well, humbly, honorably, but consistently with those in our lives. And so you see how these are kind of building one on top of the other. First, it's just about getting in the same room. Second, it's about being honest and vulnerable confessing sin, confessing struggle, and then third, challenging one another to actually obey Jesus and follow the way of Jesus. And that would be sort of the foundation, those first three principles there. Well, that's, that is, uh, I'm thinking two things. I've, I've got to be intentional. If you've never done this before, that's going to require you to take your calendar out that's and right. the calendar some time to say, hey, I'm going to, what am I going to do? What's the time this week that I'm going to invest in? What's the hour that I'm going to spend? What's going to be the, the window of time, be it in person uh, yep. or online? Uh, we, we have, as you said before, we have access. We don't lack for that. That's but right. making it happen, it's just saying, All right, I'm going to put a time 
I'm going to and choose an individual or a couple individuals to do it. So that's very practical. I've got to make that part of who I am. Uh, we were talking off mic about this, and uh, it's been a part of my life for, I, I guess I realized uh, as a very young believer that um, the crucible in which my faith was established was in high school. I gave my life to Christ at 17 years of age, and I was around five or six other uh, young high school students who had just had this similar experience and we were yep. just gathering in somebody's home i could not tell you the songs we sang i couldn't yep. tell you the sermons that i heard i could you know we were reading the bible together right. and we had food together remember that but i do remember that we prayed for each other i do remember that we cried with each other i do remember that we enjoyed uh, and challenged each other and the common goal was that we were taking responsibility for our relationship with jesus that's what yes. you're talking about isn't it hundred percent. That's it. And I think most Christians, you know, we cram ourselves with sermons and we know every popular worship song and we're listening to, to all these different teachers, which is great. Thank God for all that. But when you boil it all down, you're absolutely right. What really was the catalyst for exponential growth in my life? It was others. It was yeah, yeah. sharing time, praying for one another, holding one another up, challenging each other. That's what causes exponential growth. That's the story of the book of Acts. That's the story yep. of Jesus and the 12. Everything points here, and yet we don't make space for it. You know, and, mm -hmm. and then we wonder, why am I stuck spiritually? Why do I feel disconnected from God? This is so important to understand that in, in one of the chapters, I talk about the theology of us. And what mm -hmm. I'm talking about there is that we have a fundamental misunderstanding of God, that God has revealed himself as triune, Father, Son, and Spirit, which means that at the center of the universe is relationship. Relationship right. is not a secondary issue that I can add to my Christian faith. Relationship is essential. It's central to my knowing God. And so I have to know God in the context of knowing him in the lives of others. Well, after you move on from those three fundamental things, you throw in a four-letter word, fun. Um, <laughs> I love that. Fun. I, I love you. Uh, this is a great phrase. Fun that amplifies grace. Yeah. You better yeah. tell me what that's about. Yeah, absolutely. This is the fourth principle, and it's just so important for Christian community. And I think it's one of the things that Christians have really, really lost. And it's that, you know, Christians have a bad reputation for not knowing how to have fun. That, oh, you know, Jesus is going to steal all the benefits or all the fun out of your life. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know, uh, what we see in the Bible is people who have been liberated by the kindness of God. And that grace, when it gets in you, it allows you to take following Jesus very seriously, but not take yourself so seriously. In other words, I don't have to be always guarding and primping and protecting my reputation because I'm loved by God. And when, when we know that we're loved by God, it actually allows us to laugh at ourselves, embrace right. our faults, not be stuffy or fake, but instead just enjoy each other, the moment, life. And so Christians really should learn to laugh, learn to have fun, learn to celebrate. And in doing so, what does it do? It becomes like a loudspeaker. It amplifies the grace of God. In other words, if grace is real, we should have fun. And if grace is not real, then uh, we should be miserable. But it is. It is, in fact, true. And so and so um, 
This doesn't mean we're cavalier. It doesn't mean that we're irreverent. It means that we can take following Christ seriously and take ourselves not too seriously. And that <laughs> dynamic actually produces a really fun community. And so it that's, makes it that's easier. what happens. Yeah, I love that because it makes it easier. If I'm following Christ, then the pressure's on him. Come on. Yeah. You know, and I can enjoy the journey mm. instead of putting all the pressure on me that I have to, I have to. No, he's invited us. Mm. He's smiling back at us. He's welcoming yep. us. He's reaching out to us. He's, uh, he's feeding us and nourishing us. And we can invite others to be a part of this journey uh, with tears and mourning when that is That's needed. Right. That's right. But also with that healthy diet of can we smile here and enjoy the moments? That's right. And if we really believe in eternal life, like if we really believe in eternal life, mm -hmm. it has to change the way we process sorrow, right? And so mm -hmm. right. certainly mourning and grief and sorrow are a part of the human experience and actually a sanctifying work uh, of the gospel in our lives. But in the midst of that sorrow, right, we have this joy. And, and it doesn't change the sorrow in the sense of now we're not sorrowful, but it does transform the sorrow into something sacred, something beautiful. And so even in the midst of pain and sorrow, Christians can celebrate the grace and kindness of God. And it, it's a different type of community because of the hope that we have. I love it. Well, in, in my latest book, Equilibrium, there's so many parts to that that fit exactly what you're saying. Because I talk about the first few chapters, believe in the big, but let's be faithful in the little. And in, let's enjoy the journey. Uh, yes. But then I want you to pick up here because one of my chapters there, let's endure the adventure. Mm. Let's, let's not give up. But Good. how do we choose to continue uh, and stay true to the mission um, that is taking us into this wonderful adventure of grace? Talk to us yeah. about that. Yeah, that's so good. So, you know, especially in our time, we are an adventure addicted culture, right? You have mm -hmm. everybody going to the Caribbean or going four wheeling or going, you know, whatever it might be that you like to do the next adventure. And we're playing video games hours a day so that for just a minute we can be an NFL quarterback or a sniper or whatever it might be. And so everybody's so hungry for adventure mm -hmm. because God wired the human spirit with that desire. But this sure. fifth principle is that mission drives adventure, which means that ultimately you and I are designed to participate in an eternal purpose, a purpose bigger than ourselves, yep. to see all things made new. And mm. the beauty of the Christian faith is that we are presently living in what theologians for generations have called the now and not yet, right? That already things have been made new. Christ resurrected. He's the first fruits of a new creation which means that if I've been born again, the new creation already lives in me. And so I've got the body of Adam with the spirit of Christ. And what mm. that means is that we can participate. And Paul talks about this all through the New Testament in the transformation of all things, that things might be made new right now, which means that relationships right. can be healed and souls can be saved. And, and the mission of Jesus can advance presently, even though the brokenness and the sorrow, you know, John says it like this, the darkness is already passing away and the light is already coming. So in this moment, the adventure of our lives is to join with Jesus and other Christians in the restoration of all things. And so in that chapter, I talked about how Christian community is different because we're engaged in an eternal adventure. 
And that adventure really does satisfy that longing for something exciting, for something, you know, important, for purpose. And uh, it's the adventure of seeing God change lives, making all things new. And so that's the fifth principle that's essential to healthy community. Well, I think what happens there, too, is is we begin to uh, engage the culture around us. Right. Uh, in some ways, it's, it is organic because we're salt and light. It's because yep. of Christ in us. Uh, that's a dynamic that changes the relationships. We, we bring joy to the journey. Like you said, there's joy in our sorrow. Yep. How weird yep. is that? Or, or right. there can be peace in a storm. Uh, or there can be a sense of uh, God is doing a bigger thing than this little thing that doesn't seem so yep. little that I'm going through yep. right now. But that's infectious when people see that and wonder, what in the world? There's something yep. that's vastly different. Well, that was attractive to me at 17. Well, that's, that's still right. attractive to people now. So, um, which I think leads into your next, uh, one of your principles, which is in the middle of that mission, there's a level of laying our our lives down. There's a level of saying, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice this because I truly care about that person across the the table from me. Talk about that one. Absolutely. So when you think about Christian community, right, we've covered a number of different principles here. So we've got people coming close together, getting vulnerable, aiming our lives at Jesus, learning to celebrate life and have fun, learning to be on a bigger mission together. All these things produce healthy community. But there comes a point where you really can't mature. You can't grow until you sacrifice yourself. And, and, and so, you know, this idea that sacrifice matures love. I love what Jonathan Edwards said, you know, the great theologian uh, in American history. He said that if you really want to understand Christian maturity, you can boil it down to the outworking of agape love in your life. And so, in other words, if I want to understand what it means to be mature in Christ, it means learning to love. So how do I grow in my love? Well, Jesus showed us, right? God has showed us. It's through sacrifice. And so if you save your life, you lose it. But if you lose your life, you'll find it. You know, Mother Teresa talked about the paradox that if you will love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. Mm -hmm. And so we get to a point where in a community, until I personally sacrifice my love for others and for God, they're not going to grow. They're not going to expand. And so In the context of community, we learn this. We learn it by actually doing it, right? And as we sacrifice, as we give for others, our love for God and for others multiplies. And then our joy multiplies. And so this is one of the ways that God makes us more like himself, but one of the ways he ties us to each other as well. Yeah. And in the middle of all that, it doesn't even feel like sacrifice if we're that's doing right. it properly. That's, that's right. That's huge. Well, you've done a great job of, of guiding us through six of the principles, uh, but I think the next one is one of those that if you don't do this, you're going to uh, lose some fruit here. You're going to lose some effectivity. And that is yep. about boundaries that will cause sustainability or sustainability in my growth yes. in particular. That's right. Yeah. You know, the last principle that I outline in the book is is the one that really does sustain us. We hear all this. And, you know, if you take every single word seriously, you're going to go, oh, my goodness, can I even have a front door on my house or do I have to just let everybody in all the time? And, and can I even have my own bank account or do I have to just give everything away? And, and, and I think we should wrestle with those questions. I think that there are radical questions we need to wrestle with. But God also does create healthy boundaries for our lives in relationship. And I love the way Paul does this in Galatians 6, where he talks about burdens and he talks about a load. He says each one must carry their own load, but we must carry each other's burdens. In other words, there are some things that that are too heavy for you to carry on your own. 
and you have to let others in. But then there are other things that you have to take responsibility for or community gets very codependent and unhealthy or enabling. So in that chapter, I just parse out some principles around how do we create biblical boundaries that make us vulnerable and make us honest with others, but also allow us to grow over the long haul. Boy, this is so good. Um, your words are what uh, we need um, in in today's culture, and it's a reminder. Uh, you, uh, in our first episode, you, I think you mentioned the Book of Acts, and so you're taking us back to that that mindset of the early church, having all things in common and being community, and even with the with the boundaries, uh, there are holy reasons for that, for for right. self care and for for that equilibrium that we need. So, well, as we're as we're closing, uh, remind our audience about how to pick up a copy of your book and how it can be used in small groups, and then we'll and then we'll end. Yeah, at thesacredus.com. Thesacredus.com is the website. There's a small group resource there that's free. You can just download it. Uh, hundreds of people have gone through it, and uh, I've went through it with a, a group at my house, and it was really helpful. It was a powerful time of, of confession and honesty. and just walks you through the principles and, and, uh, and helps you process it together. And then uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you buy books, this book can be found. But uh, thesacredus.com is a great place just for free resources and an opportunity to learn a little bit more. Well, thank you so much. And Justin, we just appreciate your heart, your words spoken, but also how you're speaking and writing these words. And we can tell uh, that you care uh, and you are inviting us, all of us, to find this sacred place uh, so that we can look and seek accountability and encouragement and find ways to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Fill my heart.